Hey, good afternoon, Patriots, and welcome to Bards FM here on Brighteon TV. So if you had the opportunity, I was on Dr. Lee Merritt's show yesterday here on Brighteon. And so today we're going to kind of move forward from that discussion and dig into a lot of what we're looking at in this world, which is chaos. Remember, these elites, their brand is chaos. And it's always rules for thee, not for me. So we're kind of seeing the unraveling of their way of life. We're starting to see more reveals come out all over the place. And so it's pretty important to keep in track on kind of what's being said on the fringe is not just what's being sent on the mainstream media, which hopefully you don't listen to much anyway. But there are a lot of things lining up. And it looks like there's trying to line up some sort of big event, which likely will happen. We're definitely into a bifurcation of the world. and It's going to be something that will define humanity quite literally for as long as we live and generations here to come. So we're going to talk about all of that and more right after these messages. Mike Adams here with a, an operator, a, a deployment leader on the Texas southern border who's been using these satellite-based bivy sticks for very effective communications. And he's here just give us a few words about how these bivy sticks are operating, how it's helping he and his team members. And remember, these are available through the satellite phone store, sat123.com. It's satellite-based text messaging, works when no cell towers work or aren't reachable. We use these to communicate uh, GPS cords to when we are seeing uh, drug runners or, or people carrying stuff. Uh, we've had, you know, bust up to 13,600 pounds worth of marijuana and fentanyl that, that we have been on operations with in conjunction with uh, federal agents and uh, supporting them in their operations. So they are pro-America and uh, pro-humanitarian in uh, helping to keep our country and our community is safe. Everybody, God bless America. Take care. The global currency collapse will wipe out the dollar and many other assets. And the only things that will maintain value during the global debt reset are those with intrinsic value that do not require governments, corporations, or markets to make good on their obligations. At the top of this list of intrinsic assets is physical gold and silver. These precious metals have outlasted every failed civilization and government in human history. And they are non-digital, which means they still hold value even if the power grid fails. The Treasure Island Coins and Precious Metals Company is my go-to source for physical precious metals that are delivered securely and discreetly into your hands. Visit brighteonmetals.com to check their live pricing and in-stock coins and bars. Find out why they are my trusted source for physical metals and why they're the official sponsor of Brighteon.tv. Brighteonmetals.com. Thanks for your support of this platform. Use the code BTV at checkout for additional savings. Brighteonstore.com And we're back here on Brighteon TV with Bards FM podcast. Patriots, one of the things in this time is so critical is to get a good night's sleep. And I'm one to talk because I don't sleep a whole lot. But the whole point of this is that what sleep we do get, we need to have make sure that it's a quality sleep. And that requires great sleep products like great pillows, great sheets. And the place to get those naturally, the only place to get those should be MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is the Bards Nation's page on MyPillow. And it's where you're going to get the best specials, the best deals. And your promo code naturally is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. There's all sorts of great products there. So they've got specials going on constantly. And you're going to get a chance to take advantage of these great savings by using your promo code. We've got big sales on the Giza cotton sheets, which are truly the best sheets I've ever slept on. And those are starting at $29.98 with your promo code. They also have a great overstock sale right now at 80% off on selected items. 
And of course, if you go through the whole MyPillow system, there would be sheets and comforters, and comforters are on sale, by the way, for 50% off. Duvets are on sale for 65% off. And you go through and you get your sheets and your comforters and your pillows, even your mattress topper or mattress, and then you wake up in the morning and you slip on your my pillow slippers, my slippers, and you have those, and then you can go in and set up your coffee and have yourself some my coffee from mypillow.com. All of those things you can use your promo code BARDS on for getting great savings. And not only are you going to be getting great savings, but you're supporting a great company. A company where the FBI thinks so highly of Mike Lindell that they raided him while at Arby's trying to get a sandwich. Because, of course, a pillow salesman is of an extreme national threat to security. So know that my pillows are so dangerous in this public that the FBI puts them on their terrorist most wanted list. And that's why you should get some too. So head on over to mypillow.com forward slash bards. Use your promo code bars. Take advantage of incredible savings and enjoy a great night's sleep for this crazy time we're in. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards. Indeed, we have a crazy world, and we're watching it be crazier right this week with Davos. And Davos is just another clown show in this whole event. There's some things I want to point out about Davos that are a little bit odd, like there's a lot of odd things going on I want to go over. And... That is these anomalies that are kind of happening around to pay attention to. Now, I'm not going to slide in here conspiracy theories of the more extreme type, but I do note that there are some things that are unusual and worthy of note, and I'm, and it's something that's suggested that there is quite a bit going on around the back end of things. One of those is Congress, obviously, and it's the issues around the vote that they had recently when they set up Kevin McCarthy. I still find it very interesting how the Democrats, with their 212 members, did not at one point break ranks to support McCarthy, nor did any single Republican break ranks to support Lee. So I, I want that is something that is not entirely unusual, but it is under the circumstance rather unusual considering what a hard line the America First group was doing to force compliance with McCarthy. And McCarthy, as we understood him, was a greater deep state player than perhaps he's proving to be. All of this is suggesting that there's other things going on behind the scenes. There was a the mic picked up, um, a voice in the mic of the woman who was running the gavel, telling her exactly what to say to the, uh, to the Cong members of Congress. There was that quick spout fight that almost happened between Gates and this other dude out there. I think he was from Maine. And of course, there was a Q proof that occur, occurred out of that with a five-year delta, which I'm not big on Q proofs or five-year deltas, three-year deltas, one-year delta, whatever, but this one was pretty profound. I have to give it credit because it nailed the 15 and it nailed the person who was held out the last to have the vote. So there are some things going on here that are worthy of note, and we are definitely in a different climate of, of operational environment. But those, that does not mean the threat is any less. In fact, I would argue that the threat has increased. We're in a very permissive environment right now, militarily speaking. We have a fluid border. We have fighting-age males pouring across this border. We are being infiltrated at the highest level. We have an injection issue that has very much damaged many in our military. We had another person today at the Air Force Academy drop dead. We have pilots that are reporting neurological issues. We have all sorts of new problems in our ranks of the soldiers, from neurology to heart conditions, liver conditions, blood clots, etc. And as we start to dig down into this vax, we're learning now that this program was likely or seems to have been started back in 2013 under Obama and so now there, in, there are indications, and I will say it this way, that what we're seeing as side effects, meaning things like myocarditis, blood clots, aneurysms, early onset of Alzheimer's, these sorts of things, were not post-vax development, but were actually part of the delivery contract of the type of what they wanted the vax to do. That sounds a little bit crazy for some people, but I will keep in mind that this has all been about medical tyranny and taking down the United States from within using the most trusted institution 
which is the medical institution. And this was able to happen because of Obamacare, which seized control of the medical system through its kind of semi-nationalized medical system. They then set up all sorts of protocols in there, including bonus systems of how to code people and also directed treatment to hospitals. Many of those treatments, as has been established by Dr. Lee Merritt, are being generated by artificial intelligence. So that should get everybody a bit of a chill because the AI systems are not necessarily human friendly. And so we're into a very new era as we entered into 2023. And that got kicked off with the release of ChatGBT recently, which is an AI protocol, open source AI program that's been already writing reports for people, writing homework assignments for kids in high school, writing marketing plans, writing business plans, even writing commercials. And as it said recently, that will probably displace about 40 to 60% of the administrative workload in small businesses and big business. And that should, again, shock everybody because what is happening right now in this bigger picture is that we are losing people. Edward Dowd's work continues to show that we are hemorrhaging our healthiest working class group, which is the millennials. They're dying or becoming disabled. We know that the elderly are dying. And so there is a true labor shortfall. It's compounded by another type of labor shortfall, which is pure welfare mentality of those that have become accustomed to getting a free check from the government and they have no desire to work. So you have two things working in concert with one another. One is die off in disability and the other is laziness. And that defines a lot of the American workforce right now. Not all, obviously, but uh, there's a good chunk of it. It's meaning that many of the traditional businesses that we've become accustomed to, fast food, especially service industries, fast food, uh, even manufacturing sectors are having a hard time filling their places with good labor or people that even want to work. So some of the talent is dying off. Some of it is just not willing to work. And so what we're ending up with is a channeling hurting of the American public into the corral of accepting artificial intelligence and robotics as a way of the future. And because the institutions that we have are intended to be maintained but rebuilt, I would say that's probably at the core of a Make America Great Again. Whether we wanted it or not, it reminds me of the song President Trump played at the end of almost every rally. You won't get what you want, but you will get what you need. So apparently we are needing artificial intelligence and robotics because of the plan to kill off America, which has been relatively successful in its own right. And it's maiming and destroying the productive force in this country, leaving us with massive gaps in our labor pool. And so we are now in a really interesting forced change into the fourth industrial revolution, which has been the way all along. Now, the problem with this and pointing a finger at this, which is, there's many involved, but the direction, the directional azimuth of this country towards a fourth industrial revolution was established long ago, back in the early 2000s. That was their trajectory. That was part of Agenda 2020, which became Agenda 2030. And so that arc of development has been steered by the military industrial complex, has been steered by government agencies, has been steered by legal elements establishing new laws. You'll pay attention that there's laws that have been involving on the books to protect artificial intelligence, to protect robotics, giving them rights. You've seen the increase in the insanity of this LGBTQ stuff, which ultimately is to debase our relationship as humans with one another and to start accepting a plurality within our human ecosphere of anything goes. Because the next part of that, of course, for them is transitioning humanity into a transhumanist state where we're hybrided into the technology space. Elon Musk supports that view. We know that Jared Kushner, Trump's son-in-law, supports that view of transhumanism. We've had no pushback from Trump. We've had no pushback from this Biden administration and puppets of China. You hear no pushback from Wall Street on it. And the reason you don't is because in industry's mind, it's far more effective to pay a robot and pay for a robot than it is to rely on human labor. 
And this leads us to many, many difficult spaces and choices that are being made for us, whether we like it or not. In my own county, a sheriff that typically I trust just made a proposal to add in license plate reading cameras on the rural roads. It sounds innocuous because the way these cameras apparently work is they snap a picture of the license plate. If there's an outstanding warrant, it immediately sends a flag to the sheriff's department and then can dispatch a deputy to the area. But we're relying again on the perfection of AI to run our systems and the, these technologies are being sold to various elements in our society without little concern for the future consequence of this. This is literally the rollout of the Orwellian world, 1984. And so we are seeing a continued progress regardless of who's in charge towards the global prison state, the digital prison is being built because government and technology industries are in partnership with one another being driven by the perpetual war machine the military industrial complex and the policing state complex that build these technologies and always are finding a new way to track and identify quote bad guys but it never stays there it is always about controlling and identifying everybody and forcing them into the system and there's a lot of ongoing discussion as well as to what exactly this vax is doing besides causing heart attacks blood clots and aneurysms on early onset of alzheimer's all sorts of debilitating diseases and what is it doing besides wiping out part of the united states and to a large degree the vax is the baseline to integration of a large section of the population who will do it by their free will guaranteed into this new digital world which will be centered around the new digital currency and so your, your entire body system becomes your, quote, fingerprint and your password to get access to your money. So that already there's questions rising. Well, what happens if you refuse to be part of it? And honestly, that's where I think the line in the sand is that people are going to have to make. Is this place that we're going to that you're not going to get an easy choice to get out of the system. They control the game. They control the entire grid. So the real question is if you're going to participate, Partially, you're not going to get a choice to participate partially, I don't believe. But are you going to be able to? Or are you going to be forced to participate completely and fully within their system? And I think it's going to be more of the latter. You're going to have to participate more fully and completely in their system, which would mean the vaccine. That was even talked about by the British, Tony Blair, the former British prime minister yesterday, about the need to track, this is at Davos, the need to track everybody that didn't have the vax as much as to the people that do have the vax because future vaccines will have to be administered and developed towards the two different classes of people what that's telling you is that the vaccine that they're delivering this bioweapon which is really a trans humanist inoculation pro program what they're actually doing is they're building up this network in within people's bodies they're using the graphene oxide that's building nano carbon tubing within the system it's creating nano routers that are self-assembling pieces going on within the body and all of this is networked then into the main system once that goes live which will probably be done by some form of a micro dot or a chip and then that'll be bridged through 5g and eventually 6g all of these things are starting to come into view now so if you have never been vaxxed, they're going to have to give you a, a different product to accelerate that buildup within your body. And ultimately, I think a lot of what we're witnessing with the die-off are those that whose bodies can't endure the toxins and they're they're dropping dead. And those that can endure the toxins are, are working as perfect test lab sub subjects because if effectively the entire United States was turned into a Petri dish. And I don't buy the total thing that comes out that says that they never tested this. This is one of the latest things, that they never tested this on humans. I think they did test it on humans. I don't know where. But I think they knew exactly what it would deliver. And they knew that it would call out a large portion of the population. And what they are left with are kind of two classes of people in the categories of those that have been vaxxed. And one category is dependent upon the medical system to survive, which is a massive moneymaker. And the other is dependent on the vaccine system in order to maintain its integration into the world of currencies and meta and this integrated virtual reality world that they're wanting to produce. There's nothing good, in my opinion, about this future that they're painting and that they're trying to force us into.
And one of my beefs right now is that as we continue to see people worship these leaders, this leadership, whether it's Trump, Musk, Flynn, I don't care who it is, we're not hearing the strong pushback against what these vaxes are doing or even the pushback towards this digital currency from them. Because either they don't have the answer or they are aware of where we're going and they don't want to give you the answer because they know you will say, most people would say, no way in hell am I going to be part of that. And this trajectory of humanity is not a choice. This is something that the elites have determined that that is where humanity will go. Do we have a choice? Absolutely. But will people believe we have a choice? That's the question that really needs to be asked. Sadly, in the state of things, people have become weak and spineless, unable to stand up to evil, unwilling to stand out on their own because to do so, they feel that they're not part of the crowd. And that's where things are getting destroyed so easily. We need to revive that true sense of the American patriot, which is defiant and non-compliant. And that is happening. I'm not saying it's not, but it needs to happen on a much broader scale and with many more people than it's doing. But we're literally witnessing a form of a harvest right now where those that are complicit in taking this vax and continue to take the vaxes are the perfect slaves for the new future system. And and that's literally the, the sad and sick part of what's happened to America. From somebody who has spent time three and a half years in Afghanistan, traveled the world extensively, supported this country in two different points in my life in, in uniform and then contracted to the Department of Defense doing all sorts of crazy stuff. When I see what's happened to this nation, it's heartbreaking because I've never imagined a nation of so many willful drones that would fall to their knees over a fake pandemic and the fear porn that went along with it. And sadly, that's put us in a highly compromised position to where we don't even know enough about this vax to know whether those that have taken the vax, if they can even be trusted. I know that's a hard statement, but here's the reason I say that. This vax has by design the idea, this injection, has by design the idea that it will ultimately affect the neurology of a person, the way they think, the way they act. That's Harari's premise, that free will is gone. And it's important that they get it into their arms because it's how you get it into the system, into the cells, into the genetics. And so we're seeing now this continued push and concern of the unvax. You're hearing the discussions now that cattle and livestock are now going to be injected this year with mRNA vaccines. This is a huge deal. But this is also part of the new fourth industrial revolution where every single item in the world is digitally tagged. So that if you eat a chicken that comes off of a farm in Minnesota, That's going to be tracked from the time the chicken is a chick all the way to the point that it is on your table and in your stomach. And the only way they can do that is by embedding some sort of a tracking system, which ultimately ends up being some form of nanotech or mRNA that is speaking to a master grid. And they need all of this because then they can tell if you, for example, have been told that you have exceeded your allotment of beef to consume or chicken to consume for the week or you're over on your proteins because you're now using their new master digital ID, their CBDC, they're going to be able to stop you from eating it and they're going to be able to tell if you violated the rule. Because let's say that you're like, okay, well, I can't buy it, so I'm going to go take it from somebody else or I'm going to go to somebody else's house. And they're trying to control every person down to what you consume and how you behave. The people that took the vax and continue to take the injections are perfect candidates for that type of system. They are willful slaves. Those that are objecting to this, there is a way forward. But again, it's going to require the strength and defiance and the the understanding that there's more of us than them. And we also have to dispel of this idea that somehow white hats are coming to the day to save us. I don't have a question that there are things happening behind the scenes, like I alluded to with Congress, also Davos itself, which is interesting because there's more interaction with journalists than before. And there's more of a, 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 an ability or lack of protection for these elites to stay away from at least some of, the, some of them, like Andrew Borla, Klaus Schwab. They've been kind of thrust out into the open, almost like meat for the journalists. But that means that the real powers that are behind them are still very secure. Remember, there's 5,000 police and military on station 
at Davos right now protecting these elites or something. And I say or something because we really don't know what's going on behind those walls. We only know what we're being given and we're trying to translate that. But even at that, you take away these elites, you're going to get somebody else that replaces them. The ultimate decision point for this entire world is going to be pivoted on us, on how we choose, what we consume, what we choose to obey, what we choose to defy, and how we choose to live our life. And that doesn't mean it's going to be easy because that means from a local level all the way up to a state and federal level, people have to come together to start deciding if we want to live sovereign or if we want to live as slaves to them. The federal government wants only one thing, enslave you and rape you financially and possibly more if they get the choice. Same with the state and often the same at the county level. So people have to start banding together and realizing that we have to hold the seminal line on this. And in doing so, as we push back and start changing the dynamic from a permissive environment to a non-permissive environment, we'll find that the tide turns very quickly. We'll be right back after these messages. I feel that Juvench is helping me to get better every day in every way. That impact is what has been shown to help improve your bone density. Without that impact, you're missing a very important nutrient in your physical conditioning program. The Juvent Micro Impact System allows the person to create more joint range of motion. Now I know there's a chance that nourishment can take place to that joint. The Kelly Key easily converts your AR rifle to bolt action, allowing you to keep the rifle you love in assault weapon jurisdictions. The Kelly Key is a true fast drop-in solution. No permanent changes to your rifle. Import, transport, own, and have fun with your AR. Why the Kelly Key? Because a bolt action is not an assault weapon. Stay future ready from gun bans with the Kelly Key. The Kelly Key also lets you quickly and easily build your ideal hunting rifle, lets you build a quiet a suppressed rifle, and benefits your long-range precision shooting. Available now at KellyKey.com with free shipping. Nearly all the vitamin C sold at retail today comes from China, and it's made from genetically modified corn. Even though vitamin C is a critical part of immune support, it's also critical to know where your vitamin C comes from. I'm Mike Adams, the founder of Brighteon and BrighteonStore.com, and we only sell non-China, non-GMO vitamin C. We then subject it to rigorous laboratory testing in our own food science lab checking for heavy metals, glyphosate, as well as microbiological contamination. Only after it passes our tests do we encapsulate it and package it for our audience. You can find it at brighteonstore.com. It's not the cheapest vitamin C on the market, but it is by far the most rigorously tested and honestly sourced vitamin C available anywhere in the world. Support your health and this free speech platform by shopping at brighteonstore.com. The global currency collapse will wipe out the dollar and many other assets, and the only things that will maintain value during the global debt reset are those with intrinsic value that do not require governments, corporations, or markets to make good on their obligations. At the top of this list of intrinsic assets is physical gold and silver. These precious metals have outlasted every failed civilization and government in human history, and they are non-digital which means they still hold value even if the power grid fails. The Treasure Island Coins and Precious Metals Company is my go-to source for physical precious metals that are delivered securely and discreetly into your hands. Visit brighteonmetals.com to check their live pricing and in-stock coins and bars. Find out why they are my trusted source for physical metals and why they're the official sponsor of brighteon.tv. brighteonmetals.com And we're back here on Brighty on TV with Bards FM podcast. 
Patriots, one of the most important things we need right now in our life is the continued strengthening in our faith. And to do that, you need a great Bible. And I'm a huge proponent of the Founders Bible. I really think that this is the Bible that was intended for our time. The Founders Bible is an NASB 1995 edition, translation. But what makes it so unique is that our founding fathers' documents and writings have been worked in throughout the scripture in the appropriate places in the context of the types of scriptures that they were referring to. And what, what we were learning through this in our founding fathers were using scripture as a living language, not just quoting scripture from memory. And so it was part of the way they thought, their dialogue, it was native to them. So it speaks volumes to who our founding fathers were and the type of orientation that they had in developing this great nation. So I'd really encourage you to check out thefoundersbible.com. If you use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, at checkout, you'll save 20%. And that includes 20% on the digital edition, another great version of the, of the Founders Bible. These are super high-quality Bibles. These are Bibles that are literally something you hand down through the family. They become heirloom Bibles. And they are a, a story in Scripture that completely transforms the way that we see Scripture, in my opinion. Because we start to read Scripture within an applied context, again, of the founding of a great nation, the United States of America, by our founding fathers who were themselves well-schooled in Scripture. And we begin to see how Scripture takes on a new form of and influenced even the writings of the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the many documents which they produced. So head on over to thefoundersbible.com, thefoundersbible.com. Use your promo code BARDS at checkout, B-A-R-D-S, that's your discount code, and save 20% on any of the Bibles, digital or hard copy that are there. Again, thefoundersbible.com, and your promo code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. Christ was probably the greatest rebel in history. He understood very clearly that there was a time in a walk to flip tables, to speak boldly in truth. He also appreciated the power of disarming people with the right types of reflective truths as he also healed and opened people's hearts and minds up to a greater understanding of who we are through a love in Father God not some easy walk that we can do. And yet it's part of the essential walk that we all have to make in this time. What we are really needing right now is the revival of the Patriot spirit. And for me, that defines itself very uniquely. It's a Patriot is not just one who's willing to pick up arms or whatever version that may take on with the old, the propaganda of old, but Patriot begins his life with a deep understanding, appreciation, love, and intimacy in Father God. And that's what gives the patriot the temperance, the wisdom, the grace, to understand that there's a true meaning in the concept of being a meek warrior. Meek is not weak. Don't be confused by that. Meek is humbled. Meek is knowing that you have the might to destroy something, but choosing not to. Meek is understanding that Ultimately, violence is the last straw. And though you're willing and able to do just thing, there are so many other avenues to get there that you can literally accomplish what you need more in the holiness of the sword of the spirit than in the sword of steel. Now, that story is told in a very unique way when we look at the garden and when they were arresting Jesus. Peter drew his sword he struck and cut the ear off the servant. I may have told this story here before. It's one of the interpretations that I hold to very hard and fast is that unless you've ever wielded a sword or studied the sword, which I do and have, you don't appreciate that moment because striking the ear was not an, an air or a miss. It was a strategic cut. And I, If you're questioning that, because this kind of remakes a lot of the way that we see this particular passage, I would encourage you to get a sword and to try doing just that. One, carry a sword, because I hear many times Peter was not a swordsman. There's, I would, I would dare say that if people said they wanted to write the history of the great marksmen of our day, or people that were well-schooled in carrying a pistol, 
most of us would not make those stories. And yet there are many, many of the people in the United States that are extremely well-versed and talented in carrying a pistol. Much was the same, in my opinion, and when you look at the history and context in the period in which Peter lived. The sword was part of a life that we had to carry. Plus, the fact that Peter carried a sword. Now, if you've ever never carried a sword, again, I would encourage you to do so. Get a cheap sword, carry it around. Find out what it takes to actually carry one. There's more to it than just putting them on a belt. And to be able to draw that sword is yet another challenge. So what we're witnessing right there is an amazing story where Peter draws the sword of steel to stay the attack against Jesus by one of the servants, cuts off his ear. And you notice Jesus never rebuked Peter for carrying that, that sword of steel. But what Jesus does after that cut is made is he stays the hand of Peter and then he heals the ear of he who was cut. Those are a profound demonstration of the power of the sword of the spirit and versus the power and the lethality of the sword of steel. One is used, but it, it leaves a scar and damage. The other heals and literally breaks the soul to bring an open heaven. Much of what we face right now is a, is a balance between those two walks, literally one foot in the trenches and one foot in the kingdom. And we have to maintain this because we're at a very different point in our history than we've known for most of our lives. We have agencies that are fully weaponized against us. We have people that truly believe, deeply believe in the corrupted narratives and the propaganda that have been pounded upon them for months, if not years. We have people out here right now, youth in particular, that believe that the, the world is going to end in about five years because of climate change. These are just lies. And even if, if that was true, even if that was true, then I would say enjoy every moment and quit worrying about the end because you can't control it anyway. But they don't see it that way. They believe that because of the propaganda and lies that they've been immersed in, that humankind is at the core of this evil. And because it's at the core of the evil, it must be punished. It must restrain from consuming. It must be locked up into small cities that are completely controlled by a digital architecture. They must spend less time in the outdoors, more time in the indoors. They must interact in digital realms and not waste and consume so much in the real realm. They need to stop eating beef because apparently bovine farts cause global warming. And they need to start eating bugs, which can be grown in the labs and genetically modified to do whatever. And just as a side note, the protein in bugs is an accelerant to cancers in the body. So again, we're back to this medical tyranny with underhanded designs to ensure that people remain sick perpetually. The whole idea here is to keep humans' energy levels low so that our frequency and our energy is low. And for whatever this pariah system is that we're in, whatever this matrix is that we're living in, somehow that ties in with its own energy. Somehow when our energy is low, we are easier to feed upon and obviously easier to control. Our push needs to be towards raising our frequencies, raising that frequency, which is centered on a very principle, simple principle, love. And not love of going down the street and finding some homeless guy that hasn't bathed for a week and giving him a hug and a big wet one on the cheek. That's not what we're talking about in love. We're talking love and this deep respect and appreciation of, of what God's creation is, this interconnectivity that we have. Love is... Uh, Love is as strong as the, the passionate love that we show for somebody, for the, who they are, towards the harshness of truth that we have to deliver to somebody else to hold that line that we walk within love. Love is not just about easiness. Love is often about harshness, but always done with respect for what the truth is. And in so doing, we create this balance of awareness and living in our life that produces something as the outcome of that, which is accountability. So much of our world right now is spinning out of control because of a lack of accountability and a lack of a moral base. The morality of this nation, this world is broken. And so anything is on the table. And that's the whole point of this deep state Luciferian attack is thou shalt do what thou wilt. The idea is that we are not accountable to anything except ourselves and what our desires are. And that 
wanton debauchery without any reference or accountability to God leads to the sort of disasters that we're in right now. And it leads to this constant redefining of things in such a micro level. They would call that what they're worried about is microaggressions and what we're witnessing is micro subtagging. So somebody has to be identified by their gender choice. Someone has to be delivered by, by their socioeconomic status. This is all in one sentence, literally. Their pronouns, what they want to identify with, even if it's not human, and all of these sub-taggings. And the whole idea within the plan of the elite is that ultimately they start to congregate people into common sub-tags. So, for example, someone is going to be identify as an animal. Someone else is going to identify as another animal. These whatever they call them, furries or whatever, start to come together and, and congregate into a group as other people who are self-identifying as a woman or self-identifying as a man or self-identifying as a gender neutral, they start to congregate in groups. And what you create is a natural progression in the short term, and it happens very quickly, towards a level of stovepiping, isolation, and racism that becomes endemic to the entire world. And it divides beautifully. It's the greatest accomplishment in divide and conquer because unfortunately people are willfully participant in it. You teach it to youth so it becomes part of their new world. You teach a new language to youth because it's all driven towards their pronouns and how they want to be identified. That separates them from the elderly and the, and the more mature class like their parents. And so we create yet another division by gender, which is equally important for divide and conquer you talk to a youth right now and you don't use their pronouns, they're not going to hear what you say because in the frequencies and where they live, pronouns at this low energy frequency define them. They don't see themselves as a creation and reflection of Father God and the perfection of all that he is. They see themselves as defined by pronouns which they choose. So the me society takes on a godly form and a godly power over them where the faith world sees ourselves as a byproduct, a reflection of the perfection in God. These worlds do not agree. In matter of fact, these worlds collide. And we're in the process of this collision and division right now. All of that's important to understand because in order for us to succeed, we have to realize that we have to start trusting and coming together with one another who are worshiping and walking in the pursuit of, of Jesus. And I am going to exclude from some of that because part of that is not, you can't be coming to Jesus and proclaiming yourself to be gay, lesbian, queer, whatever, because that's, Jesus was open about that. That's not something you can do. Now, if you arrive to meet Jesus and you're going to work towards a transition of embracing what that means, you will be transformed, by the way. And that doesn't make people feel good because people are like, yeah, but this is my identity. I understand. But through Christ, you will be changed. I don't have to worry about it. I just know that you will because you're going to come back to a place where it's going to be men or men and women or women, that there's two genders and there's this same on same sex is going to go away. Now, there's a, this is a very complicated topic and it's a hot topic these days because so much of this gets even messed up within the church. The Christ consciousness movement is trying to push this idea of universal love, acceptance of all people which is an aberration of the New Age movement. But there's no accountability to God or to Christ within that. And it's very clear what our accountability is. Our accountability is that we are to be a man or a woman and that there is to, to be two sexes, there's supposed to be marriage, and there's not supposed to be same-on-same same sex. That's just, that's well detailed in Romans. So where we have to come to is a place of understanding that our world is heavily dividing. And on one side, their side, it is dividing and subdividing and sub subdividing because they each are identifying new features that they want to be identified with. Where is that identity coming from and why such this pursuit of identity? Because they don't have an identity within the body of Christ. I'm good with who I am, as I'm sure most of you are. Because I don't need to be identified as anything other than a disciple of Christ. Even at that, I'm just, a, I believe in Christ. And I am who I am. I am a reflection of Father God and his perfection, whatever that means. Anything else that we use in terms of tags and, and identifiers 
they're just part of a language that we need to use temporarily. But at the end of the day, none of it matters. What matters is that we're walking within the body of Christ. And that in itself should reflect who our, what our heart is. But that relationship doesn't exist for a large portion of the population. All of this is about reviving that American patriot. In order to revive the American patriot, we're going to have to get to a deeper understanding of what it is to be an American patriot. Our country was founded on Christian ethics. Many people always correct me. They're like, Judeo-Christian. That's a whole other rabbit hole we can go into another time. But the fact of the matter is that it's the Christian Bible. And it's what people are actually saying is Hebrew, not not Judeo, but that's another topic again for another day. So we need to understand that our foundation here is a Christian foundation in this nation. We were given the right to assemble, the right the freedom of religion, which does not exclude everybody and that is not Christian. But the structure of this nation, like it or not, whether you're Buddhist, atheist, agnostic, Hindu, Taoist, Zen Buddhist, I don't care what you are. The idea is that the structure of this nation, including its structure of law, the rule of law, is framed around Christian values and ethics. That is how it was built. That's not a negotiable. Though you will hear people try to negotiate it, try to say, well, I don't have to abide by that. Actually, yes, you do. Because in this world, what we have to get back to as an American patriot is to understand that we need to have a non-hyphenated America, which is Teddy Roosevelt used to say that. There's no room for hyphenated America. You're either an American or you're not. We need to get back to that. We need to get back to the fact that it was Christian values that built the foundation of everything we are in this nation. And those are not compromisable values. It means God is in the schools. It means God is in our government. That means God is in our law systems. It means God is in our corporate boardrooms once again. Do I think that that can happen within this current climate? No, I don't, because I don't. I think that there's so much corruption in faith that it makes it nearly impossible for us to achieve that end, except this. And it's the breakaway economy. What we have to start realizing is that there are many more of us than them. And regardless of where you are positioned geographically, we are united spiritually. And so the effort needs to be that we need to be working together to build those spiritual and connective tissue ties in the real world to start being able to support one another, exchange trade, build our businesses to know the network of people we're building it to, how to communicate to these people through different networks, social media, bulletin boards, however that is, direct mail. We have to build our breakaway economy, not by the convenience of centralization, but by the, by the power of decentralization, which is quite literally how God has placed us out here. He sprinkled us all over society. And we're there because we can influence in our communities in a unique way while we're living with God and building out this breakaway economy, which is disconnected, disjointed in certain ways, but it is not able to be easily identified and crushed as a consolidated group is. That's kind of like growing small forests instead of having one big holding. And that's really where the strength of our revival comes from, in my opinion. And revival that requires us to accept what we have before us, not as a shortfall where we live, not having a community around us, but rather as a strength because it ensures durability, resilience, and the ability to withstand some of the greatest shocks that are likely still to come. We're on the cusp of a horizon of big changes. They are forcing those changes upon us. You may not be comfortable. I'm not comfortable. I don't like people dictating my future that way, especially since I'm only accountable to one king. That's Jesus. But that's not how they see life. They see us as cattle. They see us as chattel. They see us as slaughterable. They see us as expendable. And so their arrogance leads their decision process, which prevents any voice from the people to really truly be heard or the things to be implemented. So we have to continue to get smarter and better, unify more boldly, build our own networks, not rely on them, and be innovative, be resilient, 
and push forward to overcome because we have everything we need in this network, this army that God stood up to overcome them. The only question that remains is, do we believe that? And do we trust in Father to help us make it come to fruition? My answer is, yes, I believe. And yes, I do trust that much. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this time we've had here today to reflect very deeply on the issues that are at hand and the challenges that sit before us. There is so much that you've given us to be able to fight this fight, overcome this enemy, and to literally create a breakaway society that is resetting on the right principles with you on the throne above all of us. This is right out of our Declaration of Independence. And so we pray today that that's an empowerment that was given to us by our founding fathers to be honored, to be seen, to be understood, to be empowering those that are questioning what's going on, and for all of the followers of Jesus to start realizing that we are in one body, walking together, unified in our focus and our direction to crush this evil. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, Patriots, the biggest challenge right now is us, I believe. We have to believe greater than we have before to overcome this dissension and treason that's being before us. White hats exist, but ultimately we are the greatest white hats. We are the ones that we are the plan that will change the world. And that must never be forgotten. Because at the end of the day, we have all the power, as God intended. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Until then, or until the next time, God bless, and out for now.